What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first in a series of World Cup episodes. You are here with the Kicks and Picks crew, Nick and Scotty. We are going to give you the group stage preview. So we are going to break down all of the groups here in the World Cup, the odds uh, for group winner, the odds to qualify out of the group. And we will hit you at the very end with um, some of our favorite picks, our best bets, futures, and don't you worry, because we've got a lot of great content coming your way for this World Cup. Scotty, are you ready to do this? I'm very ready. Tis the season, some might say. If most certainly is. Nice little surprise. I know everybody's hating on the World Cup in December, but I think you and I are in the opposite group. We're happy to have this to look forward to. Yeah, it just happens to coincide with a trip to Las Vegas for the both of us. So conveniently timed, I guess, in that sense. But for others, I, I could somewhat commiserate. Yeah, no doubt. It, it hasn't been ideal. Um, you know, we've talked about uh, it's been ideal for us. Fuck that. What am I saying? F- fixture congestion is our friend because we right. love to bet. Um, but definitely, you know, some of these players, some of these nations are, are a little bit pissed off. And for good reason, we won't get into that. But we're definitely excited to break this all down. And uh, let's just get to it. Yes, that's a great segue because one of those nations just happens to be in Group A. So Group A, we got four teams, uh, four nations. Uh, group winner. Favorite right now is Netherlands sitting at minus 280. Senegal, the next favorite at plus 450. Ecuador, a little bit lower at plus 500. And then Qatar, the hosts, uh, happy to be here at plus 1,000. Uh, we know that Senegal was the uh, probably one of the, the leading dark horse candidates coming into this. They came off a really strong uh, AFCON performance. They got a lot of key names. But now some of those key names are showing up for the wrong reasons on injury reports. So Senegal may be not as hot of a ticket right now uh, coming out of this. So what do you think, Nick? Are you, are you looking at Netherlands and, and looking at them as the runaway winner of this group? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, heavy favorites for a reason. They they have a super solid squad, um, you know, names everybody will certainly recognize the Van Dykes, the Dumfries, the, the Licks, the Youngs, the, the this, the that. Um, Memphis is, has been pretty decent. Uh, Bergwine having a renaissance. So I, I think they're the squad. Um you know, I don't know that I would I would go out there on a limb and take any other nation here as the group winner. Um, I, you know, probably stay away from this at all. But yeah, you mentioned Senegal, um, pretty solid squad, right? And in solid track record. Um, but Sadio Mane getting hurt what last week is the yeah. big, big blow here. Yeah, even Koulibaly, I don't know. He pulled up during the Chelsea match this weekend. I'm assuming he'll be good to go. I mean, if you know anything about Senegal, it's they're going to push their guys through injuries. No doubt. Um, as These guys play on rocks and sticks. So Yeah, as someone that had Mane this. on their team for a good five or six years, uh, it was always my fear whenever he picked up a knock and he would go off on international duty. You knew he was going to play 90 minutes or or even then some. Um, so if there's any chance of, of either of these guys going, obviously Mane still picked to the squad after his injury. Uh, it seems like they're going to make an appearance at some point. Mane, maybe not in the initial first round, but could definitely see him playing in later, later group stages if it means you know qualifying for the knockout rounds or not. Um, I do love Netherlands. I think they're probably you know one of the more balanced teams um, in in all of the groups right now between you know the defensive names that you listed, you know Van Dyke obviously, and then Anchor, um, Delix. On and off, but has always played pretty well. Not, for our, not a favorite of the podcast. Yeah, not a favorite of the podcast. He's done well for, for for country, though. So maybe not so much for Juve, but when he puts on the Netherlands orange, he's been good. Um, and then they've got some emerging talent, too, right? Like Cody Gakbo is, I think, a, a huge name um, coming up from PSV, I believe. He's rumored to, been, to move to, to United, to maybe Liverpool, to a bunch of other clubs. 
um, scoring on on the regular. Um, so I think he's one of those guys you keep an eye out for because he might kind of, you know, be a, an emerging star in this World Cup. Um, the other clubs, you know, obviously not not as convinced. Ecuador, uh, it, I don't know. It, it, they might be the weird beneficiary of Senegal being I think hurt. so. Uh, I was just going to say, I but think, it, um, you know, always a scrappy squad. You know, they've been here before. Um, I don't, you know, I don't remember their last World Cup, but I know they've certainly been there over the past three or four editions. Um I think their odds are actually pretty decent. Um, so uh, I'll skip ahead a, a bit here. Qualify from the group. They're actually even money. So Netherlands, huge, huge number. Uh, we're not even going to get into it. Um, Senegal is, is a slight favorite to qualify at minus 110. Ecuador at even money. Um, I think, you know, pending final squad, they're going to be a real scrappy team. And if they can get a result in that head-to-head game, you got to like them to advance out of this group. Yeah, and I think let me get your opinion on this, Nick. I think the key matchup, obviously, for Ecuador is, is they get Qatar in the opening match of the World Cup. Do you think that's an advantage for them, where they obviously get the weakest team in this group, so maybe they get a win and build some momentum, or is it disadvantage because they're taking the worst team in the group, but in probably the biggest game for that team, that opener, where they might have a little bit of extra energy? Um, you don't know what's going to happen. So I, listen, we don't we don't know the Qatar players. I can't really comment on them right there here because they're the host nation. Um, do they get a little bit of that host nation juju? Is there some, we already know about the corruption leading into this world cup. Is there going to be corruption during the matches themselves? Uh, all <laughs> eyes are certainly going to be on it, but you got to like Ecuador to go into that game and take care of business, get it out of the way. And then just knowing if they can get a head to head result over Senegal, that basically puts them through. Yeah. A lot of, you know, just for, for reference, you know, four points in, in the group stage can be enough to get you through six points is obviously a guarantee. Uh, if you're looking at four points, obviously that for opening match against Ecuador must win. If you get that win there, or sorry, opening match for Ecuador against Qatar must win. You get that win there. All you really need is a draw against Senegal and then hope that maybe that goal differential works out in your favor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe you can even sneak out a draw against Netherlands if Netherlands has qualified and they're resting players and they don't want to risk injury. You might get lucky yeah. in that sense too because they do pick yeah. them up. I think uh, they have them in the second last group or the second last match maybe. So... Um, yeah, it, it's there. really, I mean, listen, I, I think it's a toss up, but pending final squad for Ecuador, pending real deal injury availability for some of these players in Senegal, um, you, you know, that that's which way we'll eventually wind up leaning because those are great numbers for both of these guys to get out of the group. Basically the same, uh, basically even money, it, you know, that's a, that's a great yeah. bet to, to look for. Yeah, I think I think if push comes to shove, shove, you're going to see the key guys for Senegal, especially in those later matches if needed. Yeah. Um, and even still, they still have enough uh, enough in the middle. You know, Idrissa Gueye is is there. Chia Kuyate, yeah. who's been seems like he's been around forever. I think that'll be enough to carry them. You know, against Ecuador yeah, at the very and, and Mendy's been awesome. Uh, you know, over the past couple of sure. years, so great to have that steady and keeper back there. All right, so maybe our pick here to qualify from the group, Senegal at minus 110. I think that's probably the, the best pick of, of That's the, the way I would go today. Um, as we said, you know, pending final squad and injuries, we could flip-flop to Ecuador. We we reserve that right. Fair enough. All right, so that'll be it for Group A. Quick quick one. We're going to just kind of get through these rapid fire so you guys aren't listening to us for two hours. Um, group B, our next group, we have England, good old USA, Wales and Iran. Uh, of course, the favorite in this group is England sitting at minus 280. Um, then USA and Wales tied to win the group at plus 500 and then Iran plus 1600. So not a whole lot of, of hope for Iran in this one. I think that's pretty fair, although they have done 
they've had their their moments. I think in the World Cup where they've had uh, results that that have pulled through. I don't. Yeah. Who are you looking? Who are you looking at this one, Nick? You do you like USA's chances to win this group and and kind of bring it a little bit of a, a boost to the, the the team back home? You know, man, I'm so torn on the U.S. because obviously we want to root for them. Um, you know that that goes without saying, and certainly during the World Cup, I love the patriotism that that comes up with it. Um, I think they have decent talent on their squad, but they just have not been convincing over the past year and a half. And and certainly they had lead in, they had some really tough games lined up, um, some not so tough games lined up, friendlies and whatnot. And they looked absolutely awful. I don't even know that they scored a goal in their last two games. Um, so that really, really, really worries me. And I, you just don't know which whales you're going to get, right? Whales um, is that, Tough team. They don't ever give up a lot, but they don't really score a lot either, right? They can have that great game where they put three past you. Bale has been on some run of form. You know, they certainly have some other good players. Um, but I, 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 you know, I don't know. Is Daniel James going to be the guy that we think he is? It, which Ramsey shows up? Um, I, I don't know what we're going to get from Wales. And I just, I think U.S. is going to have to, be 110% better than we've seen them over the past three or four games for me to believe in them again. Yeah, I think I'm going to be a little bit higher on Wales in this one. Um, okay. I, I, I like their mixture of experience and youth. Um, obviously, Gareth Bale brings a lot of international experience. And for whatever reason, he always seems to play another guy plays better for, for his country than he has for his club in the last five years, right? Which mm-hmm. isn't hard to do. He hasn't played much for his club in the last five years. But think this is obviously his, his last international tournament for them he probably wants to go out with a bang rather than with a whimper um daniel james just got off uh got a goal today against manchester united for four no, it's been awesome um, he's looking pretty good uh and, and i like a lot of their younger guys i mean guys that are come through the, the liverpool ranks like nico williams and harry wilson i think are a lot better than what some people realize uh harry wilson you know with his left foot can score from anywhere um he's one of those guys that can score from free kicks or he can score from, you know, 25, 30 yards out uh, in the weirdest moments. And sometimes it's like key moments. He's had, uh, I think he had the goal that put them into uh, the Euros um, two or three years ago. Um, So I kind of like what Wales have. Um, Like you said, I'm not big on the U.S. this year. I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, there's a lot of players coming in with European pedigree, which we haven't traditionally had in the past. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they haven't really performed, you know, all that's all that well. I mean, Christian Polishich is the key guy, but if you and I were talking about him in regards to what he's done in the EPL, you know, he's nothing to write home about. Yeah, and it's tough too because you know these guys don't feature game in and game out. Some of them anyway, right? Uh, Pulisic being one of them. Yeah. I think Sargent's pretty much a starter at this point. Gio Reyna, though, um, you know, Dortmund's been hot and cold, and he doesn't. Obviously, he's had the injury issues as well. Um, the talent is there. I just don't really trust in the coach and, and Bearhalter to, to put it all together and harness it. He hasn't shown us that he can do that. Um, you know, I, I make this joke all the time internally. I think his tactics are still stuck in like MLS 1997. I think that puts us at a big disadvantage. But, um, you know, guys like Aronson, guys like Tyler Adams, guys like Weston McKinney, you know, they're useful. They're good. They're they're hardworking, hungry players. Um, we just have to hope that they'll really – get up for these fixtures and you know if they can get that head-to-head result in wales they have a good shot at moving on but um it's going to be really really tough against england i just don't think they have enough yeah so let's let's talk about the favorites here in england i mean obviously minus 280 to win the group minus 1200 to advance pretty heavy odds 
are you buying that? I mean, when you look through the roster, it's also a little injury depleted. Um, Reese James and, and Ben Chilwell missing out, who were probably locked in to start at wing back for uh, Gareth Southgate's side. Um, but then you also, you're looking at the attacking line. You, you really have Harry Kane and, and maybe Phil Foden as like the key guys that will be consistently goal scorers. Raheem Sterling, we've talked about his ability to finish. It's always kind of in question. Yep. Um, Marcus Rashford has been up and down for the last two years. Don't know how much you can count on him. Uh, James Madison just picked up an injury. Oh, yeah, I'm Lester. not a believer in him either. Jack Grealish, super inconsistent for City. A lot of people are trying to say his job is not to score or really even create that much, but it's tough for, for you have a, a short list of forwards like this. So right. are you buying England being this heavy of favorites? Uh, I, I think you have to be um, just on talent alone, just on what they've done internationally the past couple of years. Um, I, you know, one guy you didn't mention is Saka from Arsenal. I think he's been awesome. I mean, I don't know how many goals he's going to score, but he definitely can dictate play when he has the ball. Um, I, I just think the talent is too much compared to the other three teams in this group. And eventually talent trumps, right. And in the group stage, it should at least, I mean, I don't know that I'm going to go out and put a, uh, minus 280 bet on them winning the group. Um, but there's no reason that they don't get it out of the group, right? I think that minus 1200 is there for a reason. Yeah. So I think when I'm looking at this, uh, for me, I'm going to put money on Wales to qualify. I honestly think at plus 500, I might even put a little bit of money on Wales to win the group just because I think they're good enough to beat US and obviously beat Iran. And and who knows what they need against England. I think they, yeah, they England and Wales play the last match of the group in, in November 29th. So if that comes down to Wales just needing a draw because, you know, the U.S. gets up for their, that England game, they play them tough and they're able to hold them to like that morale boosting draw on Black Friday. You know, it, it could just be Wales. Yeah. Hey, we only need to just get a point out of this and we win the group. So I, I definitely put money on Wales to advance. I think even money, that makes a lot of sense. And even a little bit of money on, on plus 500 to win the group. Why not? Well, do you agree that first game is make or break, right? That. that. I, Wales US. I mean, it obviously goes without saying, but yeah, Wales US, right? It's yeah, it's and I think they'll have like, enough. And hundred percent, I think they'll have enough to get past the US, especially because the US they don't really play no. against each other or with each other a lot. They're yeah. all spread out throughout Europe. They're at a disadvantage right? for sure. So in that uh, first game, they'll it'll be tough to get in sync. Yeah, um, I mean this this kind of to me, um, you know, the homer in me really wants to pull for the US. As I said, I, I'm almost not really making a bet in this group. I don't really think there's anything right. great of value to do. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Wales at even money to qualify is great. Wales to potentially win the group, very possible. Um, but I don't know that I, I love anything all that much. It's just you, you don't know what you're going to get out of USA, and that's the wild card for me. All right, fair enough. Um, speaking of not sure what you're going to get, I think this group is a little bit more ambiguous into what to expect. So group C, uh, of course we have Argentina, Poland, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia, yep. uh, Argentina here, heavy favorites to win the group at minus two fifty. uh, Poland and Mexico neck and neck Poland plus 400 Mexico plus four fifty. Saudi Arabia plus 2200, the long shots. Thanks for showing again. up guys. Don't really know what we're going to get from them. I can see them getting a point, though. Again, that's one of those teams where maybe they find a way to get a draw against one of these two teams, and that's like their World Cup highlight. it's Mexico. Yep. All right. So let's start there, (laughs) Nick. Mexico at plus 450. Yeah. Could I convince you in any way that that they can win this group? You can't. Uh, I don't think so. I just don't think it's possible. Um, They they just have actually looked worse than the United States over the past couple of years, if you can believe that. And I think this group is a much tougher group. So um, I I think – They've all kind of given up on their coach. Their coach is uh, Tata Martino, who's, you know, been around the block. Um, 
I think Mexico to me, it's almost one of those countries where you you need a Mexican coach. You need somebody that um, really relates to the players. A lot of these guys still play in, in the Liga Mexi, so um, he doesn't seem to be vibing with them. And you know they they have some talent, right? We they got guys like Lozano who's out there and playing for Napoli. Um, you know, obviously Raul a lot of guys, yeah, spread across the MLS who you know they're not young spring chickens anymore. But these are guys that have been there. They've been to World Cup. They know how to play. Um, but they just they look completely dysfunctional, disorganized. I think they're going to be one of the flops of this tournament, quite honestly. Um, I think they, they go out in third place in this one and I would not put any money on them. I have nothing to tell me otherwise. So then you're looking at maybe Poland who is to advance at minus minus one ten compared to Mexico at minus minus one twenty. That might be where you go. Poland obviously being led by a pretty strong attacking lineup, Robert Lewandowski, uh, Milic. uh, I don't know. You don't, you're not a huge fan of Piatek, but he's also at least got a pedigree. No, no Um, doubt. Seems to me like this is going to be a team that's going to try to outscore their opponent more so than than maybe uh, Argentina, for example, who has a little bit more of a depth in their their defense. But um, yeah, I think Poland minus one ten is, is actually a pretty good shout. Um, I love that bet. You know, again, if it's coming up to a, a matchup of Poland and Mexico head to head, and the winner that gets all three points here is the one that advances. I think they got a pretty good matchup there. Um, and it's the first match. So I think that favors Poland. I think Poland's a lot more of a cohesive unit. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the the strikers up front, um, Lewandowski, Milic, and Piatek, they've been playing every single game uh, pretty much over the past couple of months. Uh, I think Lewandowski is going to be really fired up for this one. And I think they just come out of the gates. And, and fortunately for them, their game against Argentina isn't until the last one. Might not even need anything out of that one. Yeah. I mean, Argentina, like we can talk about them. Heavy favorites, probably going to go deep into the World Cup, not just talking, getting out of the group stage, but one of the strongest, you know, squads we've seen from them in, in recent years. Obviously, there's been a lot of criticism about, you know, what Messi has accomplished on the, the national team side. This might be his last hurrah, certainly his his last World Cup, I would think. Um, you know, who are you liking in this this Argentina squad right now? Do you, do you think that this has enough to get them to a potentially a World Cup final? You know, I, I think you you made a good point. I think the balance is pretty decent. It's maybe better than it has been. They've been top heavy in the past. Um, you know, I think Romero and, and Martinez are as good of defenders as they, they've ever had. I don't know that they're great, great defenders and uh, tournament winning defenders, but um, certainly solid. I think, you know, the midfield is a good balance of young and old. Um, it's skewing a little bit older with, you know, DePaul, Paredes, uh, Papu Gomez, these guys are not as young as they were, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, youth like Lautaro Martinez is still young. Uh, Julian Alvarez from Man City, pretty Very damn young. young. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be great experience for him. And if Dybala is healthy, Dybala is a, he's still a game changer. Um, is I know Dybala Co- healthy? Is coach he, here? Coach, is Dybala question. healthy? Great I don't question. Know. Um, you know, he did feature in the last game for Roma, so he's going to do everything he can to get on the field. I don't know that he's a starter, but if he can still come in and make an impact off the bench, that's a good a sub as any squad in this tournament has. So uh, I'll give them the edge there. Yeah. The midfield to me is the X factor for how, how far they get. Um, I think you can count on the offense to, to, you know, put away chances. Uh, it should be, you know, pretty self-sufficient too. I I imagine Messi will be able to drop back and carry the ball through midfield if he needed to, but they're going to need something out of this midfield. They're going to have to win some of those key matches against some of the top sides in Europe uh, based off of their midfield strength showing up. So uh, a lot of those guys, I think are going to be key in in determining how far they get. Obviously 
group winner at minus 250 that's a lock so if you wanted to go ahead that's and not even that, a terrible bet i mean like that's not super out of control like yeah it's not and and i think you can like i said you could take that parlay with some of these other teams and you can yeah. probably get some some decent money on that but um within this group i think we're both aligned i think poland minus 110 to advance is probably the one pick that you want yep. to take but if you want to take Argentina and sprinkle that into some parlays to, to maybe get yourself a little bigger payout down the road, I think that's a pretty decent strategy. Why don't you take us into Group D? Because I'm looking at the odds right now, and I know who you could parlay it with. Okay. So Group D, we have ourselves a heavy favorite in France at minus 225. There Denmark, it is. Denmark, plus 225. Tunisia, <laughs> plus 1,600. And Australia, the Socceroos, happy to be here at plus 2,500. I think they were one of the teams that advanced – most recently, I think they won their like yeah, qualifying the quali- like the yeah a few months ago wild card spot or whatever it is. Yeah. So I think here you got two. I don't want to call them brand names, but names that probably people will be relatively familiar with. Obviously, Denmark did okay at Euros without uh, Christian Eriksen um, last time, um, but then Tunisia and Australia, you know, two relatively unknown teams. Australia yeah. usually they've been better, but I think a lot of their key guys like Tim Kale have have since retired, so they're trying to find that next generation of, of of players and that's obviously why there's such deep long shots in this group yep. so nick you you really like france in this one okay. yeah i think so, so. Really. I, I mean i i just um and not, listen i should qualify that statement with you know we we've talked about it a lot offline we no team right now is really looking great out of europe in terms of their recent form right what we saw from them last summer what we saw from them this summer the nations league the friendlies nobody is dominating and, and France is included in that statement. But that being said, um, there's just way too much talent on this squad for this group. And there's no reason that they don't take the group. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the depth that they have, you know, you, let's start with this, their defense. You're probably expecting a back line of Theo Hernandez, Benjamin Pavard, uh, Kimpembe, and, and Rafael Varane. Even if you lose both of those center halves and you have to replace him with those next guys up. You're talking Ibrahim Akanate and Jules Kunde, which are probably right. two guys. I, I think they might even be on, better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nine out of 10, you know, squads that are in this match. So, or, or even, uh, sorry, up, up Meccano from, from Leipzig, um, who's now moved on to uh, Bayern. Um, he's, he's another quality center half. So the depth they have at defense, unbelievable. Their midfield is, I think pretty strong, although it's not as deep as their defense or attack. Kamavinga and Chua Meni will probably be the two young guys that are starting in the midfield. But outside of that, I know you don't like Rabiot. Uh, when but he's, had, he's been great lately. He's he's had a good – he's peaking at the right time. and Wouldn't shock me to see him starting. Yeah, Gwinduzi has come on a bit more since he's moved on from Arsenal. He's gotten regular playing time in, in League One, so he's a little bit better. But other than that, you're not seeing the, the, the extreme depth. And then obviously where they shine is they have one of – probably the best uh, attacking groups of anybody in uh, the World Cup. Benzema, uh, Balloon d'Or favorite. Uh, Kylian Mbappe, who's probably like the biggest star that's going to be in the World Cup this year, aside from maybe Neymar. Uh, Kingsley Komen, Usman Dembele, Giroud, Griezmann, and then probably the lesser of the names that are recognized, but probably one of the better players is, is Nkunku, who is just an automatic scorer. In unreal. Every level. So. Yep. Unbelievable depth, and it's just crazy to think that hey, you could have you know you're going to be starting three of these guys anyways, probably Benzema, Mbappe, and, and Dembele. But then you know if you need to bring on guys to, for fresh legs, you could bring on a Griezmann or a Komen or an Nkuku. It's just unbelievable. And the versatility 
within this attack is unreal. You have guys who are true number nines, right, that could stand there in the middle and eat up balls. You have guys who can play the wing and carry the ball and dribble and do everything you could possibly want them to do. So um, this is the squad right here. I I mean, this is easily the favorite to get out of this group, and I I think that minus 225 number is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, So let's talk about to advance. Obviously, the other teams, Denmark at minus 280 to advance – a lot of familiar names here. Casper uh, Dolberg, uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg, Christian Eriksen should be back and playing after a yeah. pretty tough uh, last uh, show in the major tournament. Um, and then defense has been okay. Uh, Andres Christian, Andres Christensen, and and, and Kiar is yep. are going to be holding it down. The and I don't know if he's hurt or not. I'm trying to remember the last game he played for Milan. He well, he's been called be up. He's been called up. So right. we'll They're see. Open for um, I think that again, it's one of those things where a world cup comes around every four years. If, sure. if you can stand, um, and right. he's You're the captain, the right? Right. Sure. So yes, I, yeah. I think he's going to be, he's going to be out there. Uh, so a decent squad, um, my sweetie to advance. I don't know who else makes sense. Tunisia has not yet released their, their rosters as of recording on yeah. Sunday. So we might find out more, but I don't expect to see anything there that I would disagree with Australia. Do you like, I mean, that to advance, to, to, to qualify from the group, it's plus 400. Do you see a chance with that crew? Yeah, so I think that's a decent trying to extract a little value, long shot play plus 400 to get out of the group. I think is fair. I think they're probably actually going to be better than Tunisia when push comes to shove. They're one of those squads kind of like the U S kind of like Wales in that respect where you show up to this world cup and, and you play better than you're expected to, you know, we've seen them make it out of the group stage pretty recently. Um, so I think that Australia plus 400 is a pretty decent bet. Um, you know, in terms of Denmark being minus 280, I like France to win the group at minus 225 more than I like Denmark yeah. to advance out of the group. So that's, that's kind of why I'm going with Australia here. That's a great call. Yeah, I, I don't get Denmark being a heavier favorite to qualify than France in this one. Uh, mostly because there's a little bit more room for error, I guess, with France and in, in to win the group. Um but Australia, I mean, what they're doing is they're just kind of looking for that next, like I said, that next generation. And they've had the advantage of, hey, they've already played, you know, a couple of high stakes games to qualify to get into this. They probably have a better idea of, you know, how they're going to line up and, and what system they're going to be playing coming into this tournament than anybody else. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they who they highlight. Obviously, Aaron Moy comes back. He provides a little bit of veteran leadership in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashton Heuristic, I think he's from playing for Verona as an attacking mid. Um, so not sure. I think they have a lot of expectations on him to kind of be like the key creator in Mm -hmm. midfield for them. Uh, And then, and then, you know, Boyle and and Mabel are are probably going to be the two guys up front trying to score the goals. So it's going to be up to those guys. I mean, if they can catch fire in a game, obviously if they can beat Tunisia and then pull off some sort of result against Denmark, whether that's a, you know, a a draw or even a victory, and then you get your plus 400, but yeah, of the teams that we've seen to qualify, Australia plus 400. I don't like that as much as I like Wales from group A or group B, excuse me, plus 500. So I think I'd probably stay away just because of that. Fair enough. All right. Moving through it. I think we are now halfway, halfway done. Uh, Moving into group E. Um, Group E, a little bit more open. Um, We got two big, big dogs at the top. Uh, Spain to win minus 115. Germany to win plus 115. Uh, And then Japan, who's always been kind of... uh, 
one of those teams that are sneaky good. You know, I don't think a lot of people in in that follow European soccer pay much attention to who's coming out of Japan. They're sitting there at plus 1,000, and then Costa Rica, the long shot in all of the tournament, I think, actually, it's in that plus 5,000 uh, to, to win their group. And crazier um, shit has happened, right? We saw it in um, 2010, um, I yeah. believe, when Costa Rica made it out of their group at the expense yeah. of Italy. Yeah. So but, um, no strangers to the tournament. Yeah. Also, no Italy in the World Cup this year. Wow. So Thanks. sorry, Thanks. Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the two big dogs first. Obviously, Spain at minus 115 to win versus Germany plus 115. Who are you liking to win this group? Who do you think is going to escape on top as, as the, the top dog in this group? So as the odds reflect, I think this is a literal toss-up. I think both of these squads have similar strengths and similar weaknesses. And those weaknesses for me are who are scoring the goals. Um, You know, I think neither have shown that over the past couple of tournaments that we've seen. And when I say tournaments, I'm including the nation's league in that, Um, you know, Havertz is maybe the go-to guy for Germany right now. I mean, I don't know. It seems to me like they're getting more goal scoring from midfielders Um, guys like Nabry and Sané and um, Musala, you know, these guys, uh, every time I look at score sheets domestically, they're on they're on it. Um, yeah. So Havertz hasn't been. So I think that's a that's a weak spot. And I mean, does Morata get the call for Spain? Um, you I know, think he, so. He's, he's basically their only real forward at this point. Uh, everybody else to me is a little more of a hybrid. I mean, I think they have a ton of talent. Uh, you know, Ferran Torres is, is awesome. Um, Asensio has been really good. Um, Danny Olmo is going to be featured. I think he was one of the stars of uh, the Euros, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, guys like this are all really, really good. But when it comes down to a game where you need that goal from a forward, who's going to provide it? And I think both teams are equal in that regard. Well, I, I like what you called out. You know, the two teams have a very similar modern football, let's call yeah. it, right? Yeah, and, and it's that, you know, they, they you know, Germany generously lists these guys, these wingers as midfielders. I think they're really more, you know, left and right wingers like Napoli and, and Sané and even to an extent like Kimmich um, is, is kind of a winger himself. So I, that's probably where you're going to see a bulk of the at least creativity and probably goals. Um, Havertz, you know, probably going to be the guy up front, at least to start with, depending on how, he, how his form is. Um, but I don't think it, by any means they're going to be relying on him to score, you know, six or seven goals in this tournament to try to lead them to the World Cup title. Um, but yeah, I mean, they still have Thomas Muller, who's kind of been a false nine center forward in his career. Um, Goretzka has been able to score from midfield, um, even as like a more deep lying playmaker. Uh, so that's really going to be, you know, the the engine of how this team performs in in, in the World Cup. Whereas with Spain... A little bit younger. I think there's a little bit a younger, less yeah. proven proven talent here, but just as talented. Um, you know, you're talking about Gavi and Pedri. I think it's their first World Cup. So really interesting to see how they perform. I know that obviously people that have been paying attention to La Liga, La Liga are aware of their talent, yep. but this will be the first time a lot of houses are, are seeing them on their TV. Yep. Uh, Busquets provides that. Busquets and Rodri will provide that veteran leadership in the midfield, um, kind of hold things down. And then when you're looking at the attack, you know, outside of Marata, who we aren't really fans of, you have Ferran Torres uh, and Ansu Fati, who are probably going to be the key guys uh, for them. So interesting to, to say the least. I think Germany will get the edge for me slightly just because I like their defense a little bit better than, than Spain's. So that's the next point I was going to make. Spain's defense. It's the Spain defense of old, right? They had yeah. that 
huge window, that golden generation of def- for them of defenders who, you know, listen, had some world-class guys there um, when they were winning World Cups and Euros. But the knock on Spain up until that point always was, over the course of a tournament, could their defense hold it together? And that could be something that we see again here. I think eventually that's the hole in this team. And um, David De Gea not getting the call. I mean, yeah. Listen, I'm not the coach, but that was just a little surprising. And you know, is is goaltender is that going to play in their favor, or is that going to hurt them? Is that going to be a? Is there somebody we don't know about, or is there a, a huge hole uh, that's going to no, be there? I, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, I'll, I'll put it simply this way, Nick. I mean, if we're talking about like the heart of the defense, your two center halves and your keeper. Would you rather have Rudiger, Sula, and Nauer? Yes. Or would you rather have Laporte, <laughs> uh, Eric Garcia, or Azpilicueta, I'm not really sure, Carvajal, and then Unai Simon, right? Yeah, it, no question. There, there's a like very strong core, at the very least, for Germany's defense that I think you can rely on. And in those games where, hey, maybe things aren't going your way, you're not finishing the chances you'd like to, and you get to the 60th minute, you still haven't yeah. scored yet. I'd like to be able to rely on those guys much more than I'd like to rely on Spain, especially because, Nick, last time we were in Vegas, I had a very hefty wager on the no-goal score prop for the first 30 minutes. And what did Spain do? It gave themselves a, the world's worst own goal. So... I still am a little bit biased in that regard as well. Um, I think so, that's fair. And you know what? We we just went through um, the group with France, and it, I did not – I should have called this out. This is a very hot betting tip that I want the listeners to be aware of. France and Spain, for that matter, France and Spain, Spain have never won a international Major, game yeah. when you and I have been in Vegas. That's true. So, so you take that information as you want, but they are 0-2. Um, when we're in Vegas and we will be in Vegas for these first group of games. Yes. Spain, Costa Rica, look out. Costa Rica might be that, that underdog making noise. <laughs> Costa Rica Maybe. plus 3.5. Yeah. I'm riding all day long. So let's transition that a little bit. <laughs> let's talk about these, these underdogs to, for a little bit, give them a little bit of shine. We don't think they'll advance, but Japan to advance uh, plus 300. It's Costa Rica to advance plus 700. Crazy to me, again, we were talking about two advance lines. Wales was plus 500. Japan is plus 300 here. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, no, but look, no, I'm, you're, that's, I'm sorry. Costa Rica was, oops, Wales was plus 500 to win the group, not to advance. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That now makes more sense. All right. But, Japan, we know who they're going to be bringing in. It's going to be Takumi Minamino, you know, Kubo and, and Daisen Maeda, who are probably going to be the three guys generating their, their offense. Um, Maya Yoshida and, uh, and uh, Tomiyasu from Arsenal, probably going to be their key guys in defense. Yeah. So, again, some, you know, good, you know, big names there. I mean, not, yeah. not a lack of quality, probably not it's, going to be the guys that are going to carry your team through a Germany or Spain. But what you're going to get okay. out of the team, like, and they have the misfortune of being drawn in this group. I think this is probably the hardest group, right? At least the hardest group that we've seen so yeah. far. Um, you know what you're going to get from a team like Japan. They're going to be organized. They're going to be disciplined. They are going to be compact. They're not going to get blown out. Doesn't matter that they're playing Germany or Spain. You're not going to lose four nothing. At least I don't think they are. Um, and they could potentially steal a game or two. Um, it's not super likely, but unlikelier things have happened. And I think in a group like this, um, you know, everybody's kind of going to be beating up on each other physically and mentally. Uh, you know, Costa Rica is a tough team to play. I mean, you know, on a neutral ground, it's not as fun. But ask the United States or Mexico or Canada who has had to go down to Costa Rica and get their asses handed to them. Um, you know, that's that's no small feat. So they're here for a reason. Um, you know, I don't know that 
I'm not putting a future on either one of those two. Um, you know, the, I don't think they're making it out of the group, but it's not going to be easy, not for anybody. So it, it should be an interesting group to watch. Yeah, I think you just kind of nailed the biggest disadvantage for Costa Rica here is that they don't have any home games in Costa Rica. Yeah. Uh, they're all playing in Qatar. So they do have Kaylor Navas in goal. I think that's obviously their key guy. He always turns up, yeah, um, always awesome. has one of those crazy matches where he'll have eight or yeah. nine saves and keep his team in it. The defenses, they kind of mix and match. Um, Vargas yeah. and Oviedo have performed yeah. well for them. Been around. Brian Ruiz, a bit of stalwart yeah. in the midfield. And, so And Arsenal fans will remember Joel Campbell, who's – Seemingly, I don't have no idea how he's still playing, but he's going to be the guy scoring goals for them. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't see them making too much noise, unfortunately, in this World Cup. It's not going to be a repeat of, of 2010. Doubtful, very doubtful, but tough group for them. And I'd love to see them just be a little bit of a disruptor. Be be yeah. cool to see. I think maybe that match against Japan, um, that one might be a fun one. Uh, so I think that, you know, now their team will be necessarily playing. I guess they play in the second round, so... That could be an interesting one. That but that one might be the one where they get hope to advance if they can win yeah. that one. No doubt. All right. Moving on. We have group F. Uh this was pretty open too, in in my opinion. Um, some odds here are head scratchers, but we'll get into those. So group winner favorite right now, Belgium at minus 190, Croatia plus 200, Morocco at eight plus eight fifty, uh, and in Canada, the CONCACAF champions yes. sitting at plus one thousand. Not a lot of respect for Canada. A little what disrespectful, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, and listen, we're, we're friends with a lot of Canadians on Twitter, a lot of good people that, that follow, you know, soccer with us. Um, you know, I know that they're very high on this team, probably the same way that a lot of Americans are high on the U.S. I think it's similarly probably the most talent they've ever had all at once. Um, and they pretty much breezed through qualifying. Um, you know, the, the just Jonathan David is an absolute beast up front um i think that eustachio who he plays for um one of those teams in portugal i forget which one because they're all the same to me but he's been absolutely a menace in the midfield um shout out our friend jerry for turning us on to him uh yes, back he did. in january so yes, good call jerry um, and ever since he's been beasting um kyle lyron another guy i really like so i, I think they have good talent and i certainly think they're going to be better than morocco i just do i, I don't know who's on uh, Morocco squad. I don't believe that they oh. officially announced. Oh, they have. I'll give you some names, Nick. Oh, uh, so Morocco have Hakim Zayed. Oh, excuse me. I'm looking at. Okay, you got solid. it. Uh, Sofian Bufal, very solid. Uh, okay. Amrabat is a name that many people should recognize playing in the midfield. Uh, Ashraf Hakimi is someone who coaches called the best uh, right back in football. I don't yeah. know that that's true. We haven't heard about him it. since he went to PSG, but sure, coach. Yeah, fact. Uh, and then Roman Seiss, who I think if we were talking about Roman Seiss about a month ago when the Wolves' defense was a little bit better, we might have a little bit more of a, a positive opinion about him. But Roman Seiss playing for Wolverhampton in, in the EPL, also a solid team. So okay. Morocco are not going to be pushovers. I think we might be conflating how Morocco's going to perform with maybe how like a Tunisia is going to perform. Yeah, that's but fair. That's I think fair. Morocco will have, they have their names. They have, they're going to put out a, a pretty solid squad that can compete with, you know, with the best of them, right? That's why they're here in the World Cup. So sure. um, I'll just say that I face face value. I maybe it's the Homer in me. I, I think Canada will have a better tournament than Morocco. That's my gut feeling. Fair enough. I mean, they do play each other in the pivotal third match. So maybe there's some sort of pride on the line. Maybe there's opportunity for one of them to advance on the line. It could be an interesting one. Um, I, I want to just do a quick moment of silence for Belgium. Hit me. Because I think this is the official end of their golden generation. Yeah, um, no doubt. Looking at these names, 
some great names, but also names the that same are well names past that we've seen. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Jan Vertogen and Toby Alderweireld. My goodness, how are they still playing? They were super slow <laughs> in in you know six years ago without yeah. much agility. I can't imagine that they're going to be doing much better now. Thibaut Courtois has actually been playing pretty well, so you know he's back. Um, you could probably count on him to put up a decent performance. Um, Axel Wietzel, my goodness, again, another guy who feels like he's been around forever. I'm surprised Marilyn Fellaini's not on this list. Um, but you still have some talent, right? You still have Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, yeah, he's going to be he's, he's the guy. as, as the good guy. as ever. Um, you know, Eden Hazard, I'm not really sure what you're going to get from him. Uh, Romelu Lukaku is going to be leading the line at like, another the season he, for you know, Serie A, the, as called right. by me. He's, but. He seems to turn it on for Belgium. I'll say that if he gets on the field. I'm not discounting what he brings to the team, but he certainly has not been in form. Uh, it almost feels to me like Mertens is going to be starting by default, and I think yeah. he's got to be 35 years old. Yeah, so it, it's tough. I mean, they, they, hey, listen, they're the group favorites, and I think it helps that the other team that's pushing them for group favorites, also not exactly a spring chicken, Croatia, yeah. another yeah. team, my goodness, they got some age to them. Um, Lovren, Modric, <laughs> uh, Kovacic, Perisic. All of the itches, right? Yeah. It feels like these guys have been around forever, uh, yeah. but they perform. I mean, they they've yeah. been to the the absolute top uh, of of these competitions the last you know four or six years. So, so I'm shot. Rebic didn't make the team, huh? It doesn't look like it. Wow, no Rebic. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of wondering where the goals are coming from from Croatia. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be dangerous on set pieces. Um, you know, it's a strength of theirs. Uh, you know, they always will kind of bring a little bit of that trickery, but seems like an old slow team that's going to have trouble putting the ball in the net. They don't have that key striker that they've had year after year after year. Seems like they're lying on Kramaric, who I think has just three goals in the Bundesliga this season. So not exactly a a sterling record for him. Um, So it's interesting. I mean, they, I will give credit. uh, Jasko Gvardial is, is a up and coming center half from um, one of the Red Bulls squads. I think it's Leipzig. Um, So I I think they do have a little bit of a next generation there, Um, but it's going to be interesting to see these two squads, you know, duke it out because it it really is kind of like the, the last hurrah for both of these, these countries, I think in this world cup, and then they're gonna have to kind of do a bit of a facelift uh, in the coming, you know, decade or so. Yeah, I think the one piece of betting advice I'll give for this group is I think Belgium, you know, sight unseen going into these games is probably an over team. They they lean over to me, right? Because they will get their goals, but they're certainly going to give some up too. Yeah, Um, I mean, if you can see, if if Belgium advances out of this one, um, I would take the team total over for whoever they play in the next round, especially if it's like a France or a Brazil or one of those teams. They seem to always get knocked down that first first match. Yep. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. So we'll keep an eye on that, but we'll also have another episode to address that. When we get to that next round, yes, we will. so stay tuned. Um, let's get to to qualify to advance. So, Croatia minus two hundred, Morocco plus two hundred, Canada plus two seventy five. Just talked about Croatia, obviously a little bit long in the tooth. Do you think Morocco and or Canada can take advantage of that and, and get through this group? I don't know if they can, and I don't think the odds are good enough for me to put money there. Uh, if these were in the three four hundred range, kind of like where Australia was, I'd be all over it. Um, but I, I think Croatia at minus two hundred is a little too steep, and I think that uh, these guys at plus two hundred, plus two seventy five are a little short. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick one. I feel like we need to. Yeah, I, yeah let's I, do it. I'm sorry, I'm not looking to be wishy washy. We're just trying. No, to it's, give, hey, listen, you got to give your opinion again, right? I think you're right. Croatia, it's tough to bet against them. You know, even given what we've talked about, but. If I'm picking one of these two teams, no disrespect to Canada, CONCACAF champions, deserving of this spot. I just don't know that they have arrived yet. I think they're they are yeah, making their appearance known, but 
but I don't know that this is the World Cup. I'm going to give Morocco a shout here. Um, yeah. I like. I think they have a, that sneaky lineup that might surprise yeah. some people. I think they can get their result against Canada, right? That's going to be the key one for them when they play Canada. Um, in actually, it's the third week, so yeah, they'll need that result. But when they play Croatia again, it, it's going to be a slower team. Uh, we know that the pace that they have up front with um, Zayic might be able to take advantage of that. Uh, could get a shock result here, so I'll take Morocco in this one. Uh, you know, yeah. throw my throw my hat in the ring for a little bit of an upset like here, uh, and maybe we'll see a, a combination of Belgium and Morocco advancing. I like it. All right, two groups left. Moving on to Group G. Um, group G features the uh, heavy favorite to win, not just the this group, but also the World Cup in general in Brazil. To win this group, it's minus three hundred. Um, Switzerland to win plus 550 Serbia who's going to be the hot topic and amongst many betting podcasts not just ours sitting at plus 650 Cameroon plus 1200 um, not not really a, a weak team in this group not like some of the other groups we've seen I think all four of those teams can hold their own in an international match yeah. uh, and I think there'll be upsets of plenty in this one to be honest with you yeah um, listen I'll just start off by saying it I, I've said this out loud before I've said it in private with with us, uh, I think it's Brazil's tournament to lose presently. Yeah. So um, I, I fully believe that they get out of this group. You know, I I don't need to get into the numbers why, but they are absolutely stacked at every position. I think Allison in the back is a top three goalie in the world at worst. Um, he's proven that over the past five years, and that's critically and important for the last right? six weeks. So. so that's critically important in a tournament like this. I think that their defenders. Um, you know, it could be the last shout for a Tiago Silva, for an Alexandro, for a Marquinhos. These guys have been around. Danny Alves. Yeah. Alves, can't even believe he's on the squad. Um, <laughs> can't remember the last time I saw him play, but experience like that, also important. He might not see the field, but good to have in the locker room. Um, but guys like Bremer, who's now on Juventus, he's helped turn their season around. He was the revelation last year, and he's been phenomenal. Um, the midfield is absolutely stacked uh, it, yeah. everybody's good um the guy that i want to point out that I, I didn't expect to see on this team a year ago is paqueta uh no. he's with sorry to give with, me with fred because <laughs> that dude shouldn't be on the squad uh, but d- fair enough fair play <laughs> no so he was the guy you know started out in italy didn't really do anything moved over to france had a phenomenal year now he's in the premier league and he looks the part uh, and he's 22 23 i mean still young so um that's a a good story. A guy like that, I think, is going to come in with something to prove. And I just think that they're absolutely stacked up front. I think that they have three or four guys that could be on, you know, starting lineups at any other team. Right. And I'm talking about we know about Neymar. We know about Gabriel Jesus, who's absolutely beasting for Arsenal right now. Um, but they got Rodrigo, Vinicius, Richarlison, Rafinha, Martinelli. These guys all play exactly the same because they can do anything. And they in you know if they're starting forget about it but if they're coming off the bench in the 60th minute 70th minute 80th minute and you're fucking exhausted and they're running at your defenders and you're running at somebody who's already on a yellow card forget about it there's there's going to be absolutely no stopping them when they want to turn it on it's more time than we probably want to give to brazil i'm sorry i just got on the tangent no listen but i think it's their tournament to lose and i think neymar is going to remind people who he is because he is criminally underrated for how talented he really is yeah, again, like imagining Brazil in a group with either Belgium or um, Croatia, I think that I, I really would have loved to have seen that five matchup. Five goals because, every game. 
it would have been crazy the the amount of times they're in behind those those back lines. Um, I do need to stick up for my boy Roberto Firmino. I called out Fred. I get it. It's a midfield uh, numbers game here, where Firmino is probably more of a forward than a midfielder at this point in his career. But there's no reason that Firmino can't isn't on the squad over Fred. I mean, Firmino is having a great start to the the season. Um, and you can never have enough goals. Let's just and, be honest, right? Yeah, and Firmino also usually the guy that has the most. Uh, uh, turnovers or turns to the other team over the most um, interceptions, whatever you want to call it. That stat is uh, compared to other midfielders or other attackers. So I think he could have been on the squad. Um, but like you said, I think the only team that has an attacking lineup that can compete with this uh, set of attackers is France. And that's it. Yeah. So you got Brazil and you got France as the top two uh, attacking lineups in, in all of the groups. Um, I think we might even see those two come head to head at some point based off of the way that they're playing. So that'll be a, an unbelievable watch if, if that matchup happens, but yeah, I mean, rightfully deserve the, the heavy favors coming into this. Let's talk about some of these other teams. Yep. Um, so obviously to advance, we have Switzerland plus 100, Serbia plus 130 and the Cameroon plus 350. No weak groups in, or no weak teams in this bunch. No, uh, certainly not. It, oddly enough, I think Switzerland is probably the most overvalued here because yes, Although they have some of those key players. I mean, look, Real Mbolo has been scoring goals for the last, you know, like no other for the last four years. Um, Gibral Sao, I think, is coming on a little bit more. Uh, and then the midfield is, I think, hit or miss. Um, Granit Xhaka is probably going to be leading the midfield here, but we've talked about him. Either he's a red card, foul-prone Xhaka, or it's a dude that scores 30-yard screamer to give your team the lead. Not sure which one you're going to get there. Sheridan Shakiri is super old now. Loved him. He was great at Liverpool, but... Not really sure what I can get out of him. Uh, and then Fowler and, and Zachariah, I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. super sold on him. Zachariah hasn't gotten minutes for Chelsea. So no. I, I will highlight one other name here. Again, listed as a midfielder, but more of a winger. Noah Okafor has been scoring goals for yeah, awesome. uh, Red Bull Salzburg. All Champions League wrong, all season long. So I'll put a little asterisk next to him. I think this guy might help Switzerland out and maybe carry them a little bit farther yeah. than I'm giving them credit for. And, and here's the one thing I'll say that we haven't said yet, but right. Like when, when you come up against a team like this, where there really is only one dynamic player like Okafor in this instance, teams are going to key in on him, right? He's not going to get that space that he's getting on some of these club teams, uh, you know, with some, with other equally great players. Um, I just think this is one of the weaker Swiss sides we've seen. Um, now they obviously qualified at the expense of Italy. So, uh, Jokes on me, um, but they didn't do it by lighting up, you know, the, the score sheet against anybody. Uh, even the two games against Italy, they drew both games and they could have lost both. Two penalties missed, um, so they're not really scoring a lot of goals. And you know, the, coming up against Brazil, coming up even against the Serbia, who's pretty damn tough, and you know, it's going to be all six foot five, yeah, <laughs> Serbs clogging up the defense in the midfield. Switzerland's not going to find that space, and they're, I don't think they're dynamic enough to get it done. Why don't you take us through Serbia? Because I know you have some some opinions on them. So yeah, who do we so, got in the squad, and, and why are they making so much noise coming into yeah. this World Cup? So Serbia right now is the darling of of soccer Twitter, particularly cultural Twitter. So anybody who follows Serie A really is high on the Serbia squad. Why is that? Why? Because we know the players, right? They're on our teams. I think uh, 11 players have been picked from the Italian league, so you could feel the starting 11 with people you may know. Um, and that's not to say that there's not a ton of talent on the squad. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic plays for Lazio, is an absolute monster. Dusan Vlahovic, we know about his travel from Fiorentina to Juventus. He's one of the top strikers in the league. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, who you and I are very, very high on for Fulham. This guy has been scoring for fun. Um, so 
they they have good players, starting players at every position. Um, I just think that people are getting a little too excited with how familiar they are with the names. And let's see if they can put it together. Um, you know, but that being said, looking at the odds, I actually do like them to advance. I think they're a better team overall, yeah. uh, position by position compared to a Switzerland. So them at plus 130 to advance, I do really like that number, but I don't really see them getting too far past the group stage. I think they can easily be bounced in the next round. Um, it's all really going to come down to Mitrovic and Vlahovic. If they're scoring goals, they can play with anybody and probably beat anybody, but let them prove it to me in a tournament first before I go ahead and say they're the dark horse. They're going to make the quarterfinal. They're going to make the finals. I think that's way, way, way premature. Yeah. This is another overs team. That's what this squad is screaming to me. Take overs with them. Um, And then, yeah, I'll give a quick shout Cameroon. I mean, you know, the, the, the long shots, the dark horse in this group, I think that's, yeah, I, I wouldn't count them out. I mean, they do have some talent in here. They did perform well in AFCON. Uh, I think they got knocked out by Egypt in the semifinals. Yep. Uh, Onana was a great keeper. I think he's a awesome. guy that can keep you in any game, depending on, you know, no matter how poorly your yep. defense might be playing. Um, and Guisa is a solid midfielder, yep. as you'll find. Awesome. Uh, and then here's a name that people may not know as well as they should. Uh, Vincent Abubakar. We're talking AFCON in January, February of this year. The goal boot winner against guys like Sadio Mane and, and, and Mohamed Salah, right? So he's the guy that can no score, especially feet. within his squad. So I, I think Cameroon can come in here and, and might make some noise. I mean, I, I could definitely see them beating a Switzerland or a Serbia if that the you know things fall right for them. So yeah, and I'm gonna apologize. I'm gonna sound like a casual just because I don't know exactly how to say his name correctly, but the dude that starts for Bayern Munich, that's uh, Moteng. Moteng. Yeah, Chupa Moteng. Yeah, dude's nasty. Well, that dude's yeah. been scoring at fucking will for Bayern Munich. So um, definitely not going to be an easy out. Yeah. So I really like it in a weird way. This group is almost a group of death to me because I, any other group, any of these four teams could easily advance, right? Maybe not the group with Spain and Germany, but I could see these teams, you know, either three of these advancing in, in the U.S.'s group. You know, I could see either three of these advancing in uh, Costa Rica's group uh, or sorry, not Costa Rica's group, Ecuador's group. Um, so it, it's it's unfortunate they're all kind of drawn together, yeah. but probably the one where I'll probably watch every single game in this group. Definitely. No, but Brazil and, and Serbia, like you said, both overs teams. I think Brazil, if, you know, depending on the lines, if it's 2.5, it's a mandatory over bet. Um, if, you know, if it's 3.5, it, it depends, you know, always look at a team total, but they're, they're pretty much going to be must watch television. And to my earlier point, I mean, I, we talked ourselves through it. I, I think Serbia is a little overrated, but I do think they're the second best team in this group. And plus 130 is a fair number for them to get out of it. All right. Last group, Group H. We have Portugal, group favorites to win, uh, minus 145. Uruguay at plus 185. Then we have Ghana at plus 1,000. South Korea at plus 1,100. Nick, Portugal, heavy favorites, probably for good reason, but Uruguay's not that bad of a shout, plus 185. Do you think Uruguay have enough to, to maybe get the group win in this this round? For me, um, they, they are the quintessential World Cup team that shows up and causes fucking havoc. They are fucking greater than the sum of their parts. They're awesome. They're a team you never want to come up against. The pedigree is there. Um but the one thing I actually don't like about this team, when the roster came out, you heard me say it, it their, their attack from 2006, because we're playing the same guys, right? Suarez and Cavani. Not to say that they're 
not ridiculously talented, not to say that they still can't make a difference. But for me, this team is going to go as far as Darwin takes them. And yep. I would be very surprised if he didn't contribute with some goals. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't come out with like a red card in game one for some stupid shit. And then yeah. all of a sudden we have to rely on 38-year-old Suarez for the rest of the tournament. So I'm going to defend Uruguay here because I think Uruguay, when you look back at how they performed in recent World Cups, it's always been driven by their attack, right? So we talked about Suarez and Cavani carrying them through recent World Cups, going back to even Diego Forlan, who was an incredible striker, um, carrying them. This year, they're a bit better, more well-rounded. Lucas Torreya, Rodrigo Bentancourt, and then the big guy, Federico Valverde, who's been crushing it. Yep. are going to form a really formidable midfield. And I think they can use that midfield to dictate yep. the game. They're not going to re- rely on Luis Suarez or Cavani. I don't even know if Cavani is going to start in this World Cup, yeah. to be honest. No, I, I, I don't think he does. But... So it, I think they can form that midfield with Nunez, who has been an absolute beast for Liverpool so far. I think he's averaging a goal involvement every 80 minutes for Liverpool mm-hmm. in the games that he's played at the top league. I think you can expect a lot out of them. The defense may be a little bit of question marks. Diego Godin will be good. Jose Maria Jimenez will be helping uh, or pairing with Godin to to anchor that defense. But I think they have a lot here that I could potentially see them winning this group. I mean, Portugal, did Portugal sneak in? uh, Was it Euros or something not too long ago? They've they've relied heavily on on Ronaldo, who is not there anymore. Uh, Yao Felix, Rafael Leao. Uh, and Andre Silva probably going to be the main goal scorers for them. All three of those guys are going to be inconsistent. None of them are going to be yeah. prolific. Well, midfield, it's not exactly. A, it's there's talent there, but it's not a lockdown. Maybe you're going to be relying on Ruben Neves, who's also so, going to be 32, and Bernardo yeah. Silva and Bruno Fernandez. It sounds to me like what you're trying to say is they're the opposite of Uruguay, where like their talent is almost better than the cohesive unit, right? Like you look at yeah. Portugal and you say, oh, okay, they they should be better than they are, right? Why are their results so? Blah. And I think that's fair. I think Andre Silva at the international level leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I think Ronaldo, God knows, you know, he might drop another 60 minutes tomorrow. So we don't know what's going to happen from him. Um, And Leal's not, you know, he's dynamic as hell. He's a phenomenal player, but he's a winger. He's not really a goal scorer. So um, they could very well struggle for goals more so than we're accustomed to seeing. The only reason I'm going to give them the edge is if you look at Uruguay, um, you know, is Musleta still the starting goalie? I mean, that dude's been starting since, you know, 2002. All right, who's um, the starting goalie for, for Portugal, Nick? Okay, fair enough. I guess Patricio. Um, Patricio. I, I mean, Jose uh, Saw has been good. I don't know if it's Costa. I don't really even know, but it's neither three of those guys yeah. really stand out to me, so I don't think it matters. I think that's the yeah. point. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, you can make a case, man. I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. And I don't want to discount the other teams in this group. I think, um, you know, you're talking about South Korea and Ghana, two of the best teams from their respective continents year after year. South Korea, you're going to see a lot of what you see from Japan, right? Compact, organized, um, not necessarily as skilled as any of the other teams in this group, but they're not going to be ones that want to get run over, right? There's a huge source of pride from teams from Asia. Um, So I, I think they have a decent showing. And then Ghana is, you know, perennially one of the most talented African teams always. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I think, it, to me, I think if, if I'm making a stand on somebody, on an underdog to win this group outside of maybe Wales, to me, it's got to be Uruguay. I like what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. To advance, I mean, again, I've already talked about Uruguay, so I, I don't see any of these other two not or, or squeezing through because I, I, I do think Portugal obviously will make it through as well. But 
you know, South Korea sitting here to advance at plus 300, Ghana at plus 225. Although Ghana has yet to officially release their lineup, you know, you're looking at a, a Athena Gian, uh, Jordan IU, um, Daniel and Marte. So not exactly a, a, a team lacking in, in top talent, but it's not really deep through and through. There's still going to be gaps, especially in the bright side of that, that midfield where I think there's going to be opportunities to, to exploit for some of these other more talented teams. And then South so, Korea, I mean, we know that uh, Hingman's son is going to be, you know, awesome. their, their, their key guy, but he's been injured. So don't really know what form he's going to be in when he comes into this. So they might be relying on some of these other guys like a uh, Huang Hee Chan from uh, Wolverhampton um, or, or the Huang Hu Zhou, who, who I know has and, been one of their key guys up top scoring goals. And they're, they're another one of those teams too, right? Where they name like 57 midfielders and one of them or two of them is going to play forward. You just don't really know who. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm old school in the sense that where a tournament play, you need real deal number nine forwards. You need to have them on your roster. I don't care if they play every game or not. You need them at some point. So that's definitely a weakness or it's an unknown. At the very least, it's an unknown from us because we don't, you know, we're not as well versed in, in some of these players. Yeah. All right. So let's put so it on I, record. I'm sorry. I'll agree. I think Uruguay plus 185 as a group winner is more likely and a better bet than Ghana or South Korea to make it out of the group. I agree. Perfect. With you. All right. That's all I wanted to get. Awesome. But if you wanted to take Portugal at minus 145, that's probably the best number. Um, for any of like the favorites, right? I think that's that's yeah, probably the, the best value. Bets, yeah. I, yeah, I really can't knock it. All right, so that covers our groups. Now we're just gonna give you guys some early reads on who we think has a chance to win it all. We'll obviously readdress this when we start covering the knockout stages. But as things stand, as we mentioned, Brazil, the heavy favorites to win it all. Well, maybe not heavy favorites. They are the favorites at plus four hundred. Argentina right behind them at plus five hundred, which is yeah. interesting. We've got two South American teams leading the race to win the World Cup right now. And um, I'm I'm very happy to see that like th- these odds are reflecting what we've seen over the past two years. I think you and I have spoken about this a lot um you know before these odds were even released i shouldn't say that they've been released but before we even took a look at the odds i said hey brazil and argentina have to be the favorites right it's their tournament to lose just based on form based on rosters and that's reflected in the odds here so uh, i mean if you like either of those teams if you're from either of those countries you want to root for them you want to place a future there's way worse places to put your money can't fault you for either one um, just to me, you know, we always say this on the pod, uh, to put plus 400 plus 500 to lock that up long-term it's not that long, right? It's a tournament. It's, it's a month and a half, maybe, you know, you, you could do it. Um, this it's a good a place as any, and I wouldn't fault you for doing it. So yeah. fair enough. Uh, coming out of Europe though, the next five teams, we have Europe at France at plus 700, Spain plus 850, England also at plus 850. Longer odds, Germany at plus 1,000, Netherlands plus 1,200, Portugal plus 1,400, Belgium surprisingly at plus 1,600, Denmark plus 2,500, and then my team here, Uruguay, at plus 4,000. Anything after that, I mean, I know you kind of like Serbia, maybe plus 8,000. I don't. Some people don't. Do, not not but, necessarily yeah, to say to yeah. win it, but the decent team may be getting a little bit of extra value there. Who are you liking? If you had to give, if I gave you two free bets here, Nick, to, to put in money, it's not locking in your money. Where are you going to put those two bets for in terms of likelihood and, and best value? Yeah, so I, I always go value first, likelihood second. That's the way my mind works. Um, so for those two numbers, it's probably Germany and Portugal. I think okay. plus 1,000 for Germany, plus 1,400 for Portugal. Those are teams that realistically could win the tournament, and the numbers are, are pretty fair, and they're giving you a, a nice chunk of change 
if you're a believer in either of them. Um, I think they're much more likely than Netherlands, than Belgium, than Denmark. Uh, I don't think those teams have a shot. I think they're equally likely with a team like England or Spain or France, but the number's a little bit better. So I'm always going to take a little bit of that extra squeeze there. Fair. Yeah, I think that, and that that's my rationale behind it. I respect you because you went deeper in value because Germany for me is my value team at plus a thousand. I mean, they're sixth favorite, but I think we went through it. I mean, aside from their attack, probably one of the, the deepest squads in the, in the tournament. Definitely. Um, and they're not going to really rely on their attack for goals anyways. So I, I think it's, I think that's okay. So I like Germany as my value play here at plus a thousand. I'm going to go, I'm going to go France at plus 700. It's just, it's almost exact opposite of reason of, of Germany where like their attack aside from Brazil, who's the favorite is just unbelievable. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I can't see them not scoring goals when they need it. Like it, it's, this screams like a squad, although they've failed us in the past, right. Where yep. you know, they, they've blown up and at previous world cups, but it, this team is just has so much talent up top that they could easily put, you know, three goals in a game. And I don't think anybody would be like that surprised. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, the last thing I'll ask you, is there, any absolute long shot that you would uh will use the gambling term would you sprinkle on anybody is there anybody worth throwing a little bit on uh these odds are absolutely ridiculous guys so i don't i don't see any of these teams taking care of it but free bet scott not your money no, Coach like steve's it, money yeah i mean if you were talking about people that are you know greater than like plus you know four thousand i guess uruguay swing at plus four thousand again i do like them more than, than most senegal if they're healthy they are afcon champions at plus ten thousand why not Right. I mean, if Koulibaly is healthy um, and they have Mendy there and goal and Mane up front with uh, Dia, um, then I think they can potentially make some noise and, and get themselves at least to like a quarterfinals or semifinals um, and, and be representing the, the African content pretty well. OK, so it's just throwing it out there. USA is plus 13,000. Canada nope. plus 25,000. Not touching USA. Li- no, no, no. I'm just saying I okay. think that's a little disrespectful to Canada. OK, I, I think those odds don't don't reflect um and then you have basically all of the middle eastern teams there at like plus thirty thousand or worse so um i think the odds makers got this right i just right. Uh, i think these futures are, are pretty fair all right so let's close out with our, our favorite bet it's the top goal scorer in the tournament this one it's as much of a crapshoot as anything because you're not just betting on the the prolificness of your player but also the ability of that player's team to advance in the tournament I mean, the favorite is sitting at plus 700. So you're getting the value off the top. Harry Kane plus 700, Mbappe plus 800, Neymar plus 1,000, Messi Love. plus 1,000. And then the Balloon d'Or potential winner and winner of many years past, back to back, Benzema and Ronaldo. Uh, Benzema at plus 1,200, Ronaldo plus 1,600. And then just a whole list of, of names after that. I'm sitting at plus 2,000. I'm not going to read yeah. them all. Looking at that list, Nick, give me three names because these odds are long enough where you can pick three guys and you're going to sure. make money either way. Um, sure. So give me three names on this list that you're going to make put on your card. Yeah, I think so. This is this is one of those situations where you're going for one to two really proven guys and then one little bit of a wild card. So like I like somebody like Lewandowski at plus twenty eight hundred. Um, I think that's a, an insane number for a guy of that skill um you could kind of say the same thing about Mitrovic at plus 5,000 but I don't know how far Serbia is going to get for me it's it's Neymar or Messi man plus a thousand for either of those guys I I just you know they're going to go deep into the tournament and they're going to take penalty kicks for their team and they're going to take free kicks and they're going to um need to be the ones who stand out if either nation really has a realistic hope of winning the tournament so I think both of those guys at plus a thousand you know that that's that's kind of where my mind goes first. I, I hope it's not an easy pick or a cop out, but um, 
I think, like I said, this is going to be Neymar's tournament. I really believe that. Okay. I'll give you my three names. Um, I'm going to take Ronaldo plus 1600. I mean, that dude, it's his, his last real chance at let's call it what it is competitive football for his yes. career, right? He's yes. nobody wanted him in the summer, you know, United are looking to move him off in, in January, who knows where he ends up probably in a Portuguese team somewhere, but I think he's going to want to show out when it's kind of his last hurrah. So I'll take him at plus 1600. We know Portugal's yeah. got the talent there. They're going to rely on him to score goals if they want to get far and they might get far. Um, you know, obviously I took Uruguay to win the group, but I still think Portugal could make a run. I'm going to take Kai Havertz at plus 4,000 because Germany, we like the value. We think they can go far. He's going to be the main guy up front. We know they're going to rely on their midfield, but he's going to be the guy that, hey, if there's, you know, the balls in the box and it, it bounces to me, it's going to be him, right? He's going yeah. to be that guy that's going to be there on the spot. So yeah. him at plus 4,000, I mean, there's almost 20 other names in front of him, including yeah. Raheem Sterling, which is bananas to me because that dude doesn't score ever. Um, and then just for my personal favorite i'll take darwin nunez because he's yeah. at plus 2800 again i like uruguay he's gonna be leading it so well how about ferran torres for spain i mean i don't like you said sure. we don't necessarily know where spain's goals are coming from but if this guy balls out and has a good tournament he's plus 6500 yes yeah. he's um as much talent or more than a lot of names above him on this list like you look at richarlson good player gonna be on a great team he's plus 2000 yeah. uh, he might he's probably not even starting so uh, wouldn't you take somebody like Torres at plus 6,500 over Richardson? Sure. You can throw it a little bit in there. I mean, especially if Morata doesn't perform well and maybe they have to shift things around, you know, you, you could see Ferran Torres being kind of one of the key guys up top. Yeah, and Luis so. Enrique is definitely a dude that will do that. Yep. All right. So thanks, guys. I think that wraps it up. I mean, Nick, you want to close us out here? Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, so that'll take the group stage preview to a close. We will have some very exciting special things coming for you the rest of this week. Scotty and I will be out in Vegas uh, starting this weekend. So we will be sending you guys a whole lot of picks live on the spot. Uh, hopefully have a couple of great guests lined up and just keep your eye on kicks and picks, man, because we will be covering this tournament with all the best bets. We're going to continue that club season form and ride it right through this tournament so thank you guys for listening